0: I will take into consideration the juice.
1: High Mystery. You're passing a blunt around to your new friends.
0: Yeah, we are. It
1: is the sweetest smoke you have ever inhaled. The high is transformative. The four of you smoke the blunt down to its crutch. The three men stand up and begin trekking toward the forest. You ask them where they are going, and they tell you they are looking for Bigfoot. You tell them you were just with Bigfoot, but oh, wow. now you are just looking for civilization. <laughs> <laughs> they tell you they were just with civilization. <laughs> You're not missing anything, bro. Are they looking for Bigfoot? <laughs> they were with Bigfoot. <laughs> yeah. Must be time for another episode of... ha Mystery. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's a podcast where we smoke weed. Not me today. And we talk yeah. about mysteries. Well, we get high. We consume yeah. Yeah, yeah, THC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We consume THC and all its many and CBD uh, and THCA and THC delta. Yeah.
2: Yep. And delta lim- nine. Maybe delta a little limonene. Terpene um, action. Yeah. Yeah. Get
1: that terpene going. <laughs> uh, I'm Robert. I'm Colin. I'm Tristan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. and uh, we will be talking about a mystery. But first, we're going to talk about the ways in which we're getting high. Mm-hmm. I still have a sore throat, so I will be having more edibles. I already had one of these, which is an Elefante. It's orange cannabis-infused vegan THC gummy, handmade in San Francisco, California. old Um, It has 10 milligrams per dose Um, and uh, yeah, 10 milligrams THC, zero milligrams CBD. By the way,
2: I can't remember the last time I've had transformative weed you know weed that's so good that it's like transformed my existence um, right
0: like yeah we got this eighth and the next thing i knew i was a different person man <laughs> no that has not happened to me since i first smoked exactly yeah um maybe a few times in my life but yeah it's been rare for sure
1: so like i said i had one of these about a half hour ago i'm gonna have another one when we all spark spark our blunts nice yes
0: and uh smark it smark it <laughs> You're making me think of the transformative like smokes that I may have potentially had. No, mm-hmm. definitely that first time that I ever smoked weed.
2: I feel like the first time I ever did like a reverse gravity bong out of like a Sobe bottle. <laughs> That's got weird. me like got me so ripped. It made one of my friends like he needed to go on like a two hour walk by himself just like, to
0: deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, another time I can remember is in college. One time I got, like, way, way, way too high, and I just, like, stared into a fire yeah. for a really long time. And, like, people would talk to me, and I couldn't summon the words properly. So I just, you know, I'm just fine. I feel like I'm just describing your normal party experience.
1: <laughs> <laughs> when I was at Holly's uh, Thanksgiving party or something, okay. I took two puffs from the joint you brought. <laughs> Where two am I like, puffs. Two damn. puffs. Never forget this shit. And I couldn't walk, I couldn't move, I couldn't talk. I mean, I was not high though. My body shut down, but my brain was firing. Interesting. I just couldn't, I couldn't, I like I physically couldn't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> and then I, I had to like get up and walk out of the, the this house party just to, to vomit and think <laughs> to myself that I was going to die. I still don't know what happened.
0: I don't know what happened either it was a transformative experience it was a transformative
1: experience one that I will never (laughs) remember
0: and then I guess the last time I can think of is the last smoke I had before I left college I was like done with classes and everything went and smoked with my friend Jordan on college street like a very common thoroughfare and we were Mm -hmm. just like fuck it we're just smoking a joint right out here at like 11 a.m. We're done with college. There's no consequences, and I just remember that being like very like. Now I go on to right. my life. And if I you can will. smoke wherever, yeah, whenever. <laughs> it's my choice. Those those are the only ones I can really think of is those two or three times.
2: For uh I'd say just like getting the most high has never for me come from smoking. I guess it's sure. like a layered edible. Yeah, and like um, what Rob's going on today. <laughs> even more so, like. Taking a gondola bar, which is like a weed-infused granola bar, which is already like 30-whatever milligrams, and then spreading uh, weed peanut butter on it and then dipping it in weed chocolate or whatever. Sure. Uh, I remember feeling like literally the G-forces <coughs> of Earth. Like, like I was riding a roller coaster. If
0: I would look back, I'd be like, Whoa!
2: If I would look down, I'd be like, oh.
0: <laughs> Yeah, I think the first time you take over 200 milligrams is going to be a transformative experience. Yeah. <laughs> I've definitely been there before. When I was working the Edible's List, there were a few times where it was like, well, here's 100 milligrams here and there and then another 100. Okay. This <laughs> is quite a day. Yeah. <laughs> What are you smoking on over there? Did you Uh, take an
2: edible too,
1: Colin?
0: I did take an edible as well. I didn't keep the bag when we're gonna talk about it,
1: unfortunately. Oh no, you took something
0: else. Yeah, I took something totally different. I can't remember what it's called, sorry. But I've got my high hemp Dutch cream, uh, and inside I've got that Union Electric Samosa. It's got a 24.9% THC. Did you tell us what a Dutch cream flavor is? I know you said you liked it, but you get a few really attractive Dutch men. Okay. Uh, (laughs) No, I don't know the difference between Dutch cream and French cream or American cream, but but is it just like a sweet? I'm assuming it's like got like a a vanilla flavor to it, but it's really really smooth and it tastes good and it doesn't like overpower the weed. Mm -hmm. I've recently yeah right. I've recently been uh, hitting my blunts before I light my blunts. Okay. To like just have a taste. The raw terpene flowery. Exactly. Whatever. It just feels like very, like, weed-aficionado behavior. Not right, big. you got to, like, sniff it before you taste <laughs> yeah, it. Exactly. Type of you light taste. it,
1: and then you just walk that smoke <laughs> into your face before. Smoke. I'm wondering
0: if I just smoke it without lighting it ever, if it'll have any effect on me. The answer is no, no but yeah. it's fun to, you know, play. Yeah.
2: <laughs> um, so I also took an edible. We're all helping support our buddy over here by taking some edibles. Uh, Colin supported me by giving me one of these pro tabs. Uh, it's a sativa, and literally it looked like an Advil.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's what it looks like. Each, each little Advil has like one of those lines that you can like break in the middle, so if you wanted to take half of a pill, you could. Uh, each little pill had... Um, Twenty five point five five milligrams of THC. So specific. Yeah. That's pills for you, though, I guess. Yeah. Um, I was pretty, pretty surprised. I'm shocked that uh, I took that 30 minutes ago. We'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs>
0: On that note, we're going to. Well, I oh, guess you haven't yeah. talked about your joint yet. I still, I,
2: about it. I still have my little uh, Welly Mini um, again. That has the black orchid. It's an indica. And that has a 21.80% THC with 0.05 CBD.
0: We are touching our tips. We invite you, if you've got something to smoke at home, to join alongside us or whatever you do to get high. Even if that just means, you know, cozying up with your cat or enjoying the sunshine or
1: ripping the fattest blunt you've ever rolled in your life. (laughs) All right, guys, so... I brought in the mystery today, and um, surprise, surprise, it's another installment in JFK's <laughs> Who? assassination. Oh, John Fitzgerald Kennedy. I don't know. Did I make did I that? What, what, <laughs> John Fitzgerald Kennedy Jr. Yes. Yeah, no, no no, right? no, 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 no. No? He's not a junior? No. JFK He junior. has a junior. Yeah, he oh, had a junior. I thought he was a junior. No. That's just, nothing
0: makes sense in the world anymore. <laughs>
1: So, as we learned in part one, two, three, and four, JFK was assassinated, Oswald was there, people were involved, and strange witnesses were in attendance.
2: There was a grassy knoll. <laughs> we gained a greater understanding
0: of why people can lose years in their basement to this mystery. It is complicated AF. Babushka, lady. Babushka, lady.
1: <laughs> Among those strange <laughs> witnesses in attendance were a group of men that had been placed under arrest shortly after Kennedy's assassination. A group of men? A like, group of men. Does that mean that they were grabbed
0: as a group, or they were a group that came to the thing? or?
1: They were together. grabbed as a group. They were together when they were arrested. Okay. Several Dallas-area newspapers took photographs of three transients placed under police escort near the book depository, immediately following the motorcade's hasty retreat. Transient,
2: meaning like... Somebody who goes from town to town doesn't necessarily... Not a local, yeah,
0: not from the place. Not a hobo, necessarily. Not necessarily. They're more of a drifter, you know, place to place. They don't necessarily ride the rails, which, of course, is the main distinction for hobos. For sure. sure.
1: (laughs) This is the picture of these men...
0: You know, it's funny. The uh, standard for transients is, you know, these guys look pretty, pretty, uh, pretty dapper. Uh, <laughs> dapper, pretty clean cut is sure. definitely. Yeah,
2: more than just like traveling businessmen almost. Like these guys will sell you a fire extinguisher or something. <laughs> yeah, like, a,
0: like maybe a farmer at the worst, but they don't look shabby by any means. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's because they're government agents.
1: Maybe. <laughs> The newspaper referred to the men as the Three Tramps.
2: Oh.
0: Thanks so much for coming out tonight, folks. We are the Three Tramps. (laughs) We're going to do a great show for you. (laughs) We're
2: going to start off by all sharing a bowl of spaghetti.
1: (laughs) Nice. Yes. As I mentioned in a previous episode, Part 3, in the trial of the assassination of JFK, New Orleans DA Garrison suggested that the three men were involved in the assassination of JFK, even going so far as holding up their picture on The Tonight Show, declaring they were involved. Okay.
0: So they're like, we really did it. We're part of this thing.
1: That's that's what the DA is saying. He's saying oh. he knows these guys were involved. And he's so sure. He's like, I don't care if, you know, this is... Um, if there's evidence or not. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I don't Who was on the Tonight Bl- Show? The DA.
0: Eddie, yeah. the, they had the DA on the, the Tonight Show. The New Orleans DA. This not like the funnest show ever. <laughs> I mean, like I'm
1: just saying, it'd be more fun if it was just whatever. <laughs> I mean, it was <laughs> hard-hitting news or whatever. Like yeah, you know, it's
0: like intense journalism
1: at that point, right. I guess. Um also among the assassination researchers claiming the tramps were assassins is our good friend A.J. Weberman, whom I mentioned way back in my Deals with the Devil episode. What? Uh-huh. What? That's A.J. Weberman. <laughs> he was the guy claiming Bob Dylan was the devil. Uh-huh. He was also beaten up by Dylan for trespassing and going through his trash.
0: He looks like Tina Fey's flashbacks on Thirty Rock. <laughs> <laughs> like when Tina Fey's like twenty years ago when I was a curly haired nerd.
1: As Bob Dylan beating him up. Oh, <laughs> don't you go through my trash. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. at any rate, Weberman claimed two of the tramps were none other than Watergate burglars E. Howard Hunt and Frank Sturgis. Were they? Boom, and boom. Were
0: they, though? Because those guys don't look the same as those other guys.
1: To me, anyway. (laughs) The (coughs) Rockefeller Commission reported in 1975 that the men certainly looked like Sturgis and Hunt, but beyond that, there was no evidence that either of the men were among the tramps. Oop. River runs dry. FBI agent and nationally recognized photo identification and photo analysis expert, Lyndall L. Shaney concluded that none of the men were Hunt or Sturgis. In September, 1982, contract killer Charles Harrison, while wanted for the murder of federal judge John H. Wood Jr., confessed to killing Wood and President Kennedy during a six-hour standoff with police in which he was reportedly high on cocaine. Wow.
0: Six-hour standoff high on cocaine. You
1: say anything. (laughs) (laughs) That's that guy. Okay. Some believe Harrelson to be the youngest and tallest tramp. Harrelson also had a connection to Jack Ruby. Through a uh, third-party individual named Russell Douglas Matthews. Did he play bass in this three-piece band? <laughs> no? No. That's not what it was? That wasn't the no, connection? No, no, no. Uh, you know, He wasn't the bass player, the gotcha. stand-up bass player? He
0: looks like one though, doesn't he? <laughs> a little bit. He's got I, I could, that... Uh... I could definitely see him playing stand-up bass. I mean, you got to
2: be
1: tall to play
0: stand-up yes, bass. Yeah, right. See? And you said... Did you say he was tall or did you not say it was tall?
1: He was the tallest. I'm bringing the hard-hitting evidence here. (laughs) Uh, He also had links to organized crime. In September 1991, uh, private investigators John Craig and Philip Rogers were working on a book for an unsolved murder case when they claimed Charles Rogers was one of the tramps.
0: There's just wild accusations about the tramps all over the place. We already have four people at this point. Yes. Four people laid on to three men. Yes. Okay. Just making sure. I mean, that's really good. You know, <laughs> a bunch wow. of
2: generic white dudes. like right? It could be anybody at any thinking. time. Like... 1973,
0: there's four haircuts. Yeah. <laughs> you want the stall back or do you want the rookie stall back?
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, let me tell you a little bit about one, Charles Rogers, because he's a real piece of work. Okay. Oh boy. <laughs> Charles Rogers was an American seismologist and pilot. Seismologist. Okay. He went, solid. he went to Texas A&M, eventually transferring to the University of Houston, earning a bachelor's degree in nuclear physics. He just wasn't an AM man. No. Nah. And they didn't have the nuclear physics program that he was in, looking for. Or AM. and
0: They lost another
1: one. <laughs> During World War II, he was a Navy pilot and served in the Office of Naval Intelligence. After the war, he worked as a seismologist for uh, Shell Oil for nine years before abruptly quitting in 1957 without giving an explanation.
2: Oh, I mean, I'm not sad for the oil company or whatever. (laughs) He was,
0: he was tired of killing people for shell. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) I've killed too many! (laughs) I can't do it anymore!
1: A seismologist? seismologist. So
0: he like monitors earthquakes and stuff? Sure.
2: Maybe he was just like, bro, I've been telling you guys that it's like not a good idea to like frack in all these places and you don't listen to me. Like I'm doing all this work for nothing. Fuck you guys. Like, what's the point of my job? Even if you're not going to listen to the fact that I'm telling you, it's not a good place to.
1: (coughs) He's basically the guy that just, you know, searches for oil spots. Yeah, like this is a good place to dig. Uh, he was described as being highly intelligent he spoke seven languages and had an interest in ham radios I will say I'm always extremely
2: impressed when people speak multiple languages like same two is difficult and you got seven seven where you can just have like a fluent conversation and remember like all the weird ass rules for each language like
0: yeah. and people who are just like, linguists that's all they do is they just I just speak like 28 languages that's insane to me yeah that was um I think either one or both of J.R.R. Tolkien's parents were linguists and so that's why he was so quick to like write up whole new languages Mm -hmm. in Elvish and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and Elvish actually is a language that follows like all of its rules Mm -hmm. and things like that it's crazy Mm -hmm. Lonnie agrees (laughs) Apparently dolphins
2: have their own language that has, like, the same, like, trace marks as, like, the human language.
1: Uh. Mm -hmm. In the mid-50s, he joined the Civil Air Patrol, where he reportedly met... (laughs) C.A.P. Where he reportedly met David Ferry, whom you may remember as one of the persons suspected in the trial of the assassination of JFK, and who mysteriously died less than a week after being named Chief Suspect. Oh, nice. That's uh, Daniel Ferry, and the other guy is Lee Harvey Oswald. Seen together. I've seen this picture before. Seen this picture before during the trial.
2: I remember it through the smoky haze. So.
1: <laughs> I don't. <laughs> uh, among being a genuinely smart dude, he was also a recluse, and by 1965, Rogers, Rogers was unemployed and living with his parents. Yeah, it happens.
2: I mean, here's the thing. Even Tesla said that the uh, pursuit of knowledge and, like, becoming hella smart, like, just means you're going to
0: be alone a lot and be lonely. There is a statistic with, like, the rate of intelligence versus uh, likelihood of ending up. A like happily married. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's as one goes up, the other tends to go down. Doesn't mm-hmm. mean it's impossible, but well, also
2: as you like get smarter, you like worry about more things and you add more factors to the equation of like whether or not you think it's a good idea. And it's not just like, fuck it, let's get it done. It's like, well, my (laughs) RIA and this and that. and (laughs) Yeah.
0: And I also feel like most of my smartest friends are usually the most socially awkward as well. Mm -hmm. I just feel like they've got so much going on in their brain. They don't have room for the... Or even they want
2: to have a conversation and they say
0: some stuff and people are like, what? <laughs> sure. Yeah. I mean, there is a unique brand of very smart person who has like no social skills or right. has like ditziness in normal conversations. But No,
2: I'm saying the normal people don't get what the smart person wants to talk about. Oh, so see. it makes them feel like all weird or whatever, like because
0: you want to like talk about some shit that just doesn't register I for like the plebeians. Yeah, mm-hmm. they become socially awkward because they're like, What do you mean you don't know the radius of the sun? And then you're like, uh, are we supposed to know that? And they're like, ah, I can't even talk to this guy <laughs> not even Jeez. gonna posit a guess. Right. <laughs> <laughs> not even gonna try. Come on. I'll just try so I can laugh
2: at him. <laughs> I'm thinking more like they want to have a genuine conversation. They're like come up to Rob and they like say X, Y, and Z, and Rob is like Whatever, bro. And then turns around and like, oh, like feel deflated. <laughs> I and, see. And then become
0: like a <laughs> recluse. Sure. Or even if it's just something super nerdy.
1: Sure. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's goes hand in hand with anybody who's super focused on like one specific niche thing. Sure. You know, like even just a comic book nerd that just wants to talk about comic books will feel socially awkward when in the company of Auto mechanics or some bullshit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, on, jo- on June 23rd, 1965, Houston police forced their way into Rogers' home after Rogers' mother, Edwina, stopped returning her nephew's phone calls. Why you do that, Edwina? Where right? you go? Ugh. Upon entering the home, police found nothing unusual but noticed some food sitting out on the table. <coughs> One of the officers opened the fridge and found numerous cuts of washed, unwrapped meat neatly stacked on the shelves. As the officer was closing the fridge door, he noticed two human heads visible in the clear glass of the vegetable bin. Uh, Ah, there was
0: Jeffrey Dahmer style. Uh,
1: Yeah. The heads were of Rogers' parents. Oh,
0: whoa.
1: Police later discovered their organs in a nearby sewer... Apparently, the organs were cut up and flushed down the toilet. Okay. Police determined the parents had been killed three days earlier on Father's Day. Brutal. (laughs) The father had been killed with a claw hammer. His eyes and genitalia had been removed. The mother had been shot once in the head. How can you tell that? You know, like if they're
2: just finding a bunch of body parts and heads and uh, it's like, how can you be like, yeah, the genitals were removed and put in his mouth and, God.
1: uh... <laughs> just, uh, Tristan added the put in the mouth part. <laughs> I mean, Rogers was a monster, but come
2: on. <laughs> You're right. He's gonna want a trinket. He's gonna keep those balls for life. Make a necklace out of it. Lord.
1: Uh... <laughs> There was little blood in the house, appearing to have been thoroughly cleaned after the murders. Wow. I mean,
2: you got to give it up to murderers, man. They're good cleaners for the most part.
0: <laughs> the ones who don't get easily caught, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it says
2: something for cleanliness. I don't know.
1: <laughs> what little blood they did find led to Charles's room. Police found a bloodstained saw, but no trace of Rogers. Now that we know who Charles Rogers is, John Craig and Philip Rogers, no relation, claim that Charles Rogers was one of the three tramps along with Harrelson and Chauncey Holt. Chauncey? Uh, (laughs) Chauncey. They claim that Rogers was the CIA agent and was likely the person that impersonated Oswald in Mexico City. As we remember in part two, according to CIA Intercepts, someone had impersonated Oswald yeah. in phone calls and visits made to the Soviet and Cuban embassies in Mexico City several weeks before the assassination. They claimed that this guy was the one impersonating Lee Harvey Oswald.
0: So they claim that the guy who had the heads in his fridge was impersonating Lee Harvey Oswald? Yeah. For how long? The whole time he worked at the books depository?
1: No, 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 no. Just didn't he like buy the gun or something? He was the one. It, no. no. <laughs> it's,
0: it's hard for us I to know, keep all I these know. people straight.
1: The, it was just when Lee Harvey, or somebody impersonating Lee Harvey Oswald, because it wasn't Lee Harvey Oswald. Went to the embassies in Mexico City, the Cuban and uh, Soviet embassies in Mexico City, and impersonated him with phone calls. There's calling people up from these embassies claiming to be Lee Harvey Oswald, though we know that Lee Harvey Oswald was not in Mexico City because we have record or proof or evidence. And this was like a week happened. before the assassination? One week before the assassination.
0: Okay, but he was working at the book depository in Texas. Yeah. At the time. So he couldn't have been calling from embassies or whatever. Exactly. Even though we know these calls happened, right? We
1: know they happened. We know somebody was impersonating Lee Uh Harvey Oswald. They think that this was the CIA impersonating Lee Harvey Oswald in, you know, putting in the stepping stones, the building blocks to Mm -hmm. frame him for this murder.
2: Mm -hmm. And... Did you say, or are you gonna get, you'll probably get to it if you didn't say, but <laughs> <laughs> what happened to the three gentlemen? So, like, they're in custody, that's as far as I know, like.
1: Oh, well, I mean, we'll, yeah, I guess we'll get it. Like, into were there
0: mysterious bit. deaths, or were they just, like, let go, or like. I mean, they must have been let like, go, uh, because we don't even know who the three of them are. Yeah, <laughs> well, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. They were definitely <laughs> let go,
1: but that's mainly because everybody was certain an hour or two after the murder that Lee Harvey Oswald was the guy right. and so they were like, ah, well, we got the guy. Let, let yeah. these guys go. Because the three are.
0: tramps go to the Vegas and do their stage show. Right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: They're spaghetti eating. they yes. <laughs>
2: spaghetti
1: That's what they do. They're
0: tramps.
2: They're tramps. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they have this three tramps, yes. one lady. Yes. I don't know what the <laughs> fuck that show was.
0: You <laughs> should watch three guys eat spaghetti. <laughs> for an hour and a half. Three it was homeless riveting. people <laughs> eating spaghetti. That's Vegas, honey. honey. <laughs> the tickets
1: were free. They were comped with the room. <laughs> no, I would still be mad about that.
0: I'd be like, the guy next door got circus away. freaking flipping into water ponds and shit. I watched three guys eat a meatball. <laughs> three CIA operatives. <laughs>
1: they were
0: like, like 90.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so they claim that Rogers likely murdered his parents because his mother was tracking his many phone calls. Oh, oh. nosy. <laughs> They believe that Rogers. <laughs> He's like, Mom, get the line. <laughs> Mom, I'm making important phone
0: calls right now!
1: I can hear you breathing, Mom!
2: <laughs> He's like, okay, so the plan to kill Kenny- Hello?
3: <laughs>
2: Are
1: you on the phone? <laughs>
0: hey, is this line compromised?
1: <laughs> is that my cousin Sheila? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Boom! <laughs>
1: They believe that Rogers fled to Mexico City where he eventually traveled to Guatemala. Mm, okay. And while there is no proof that Rogers was a CIA agent, he was a very smart individual with an impressive military intelligence background and he did have dealings with contract workers for the CIA when he worked as a seismologist. Yeah,
2: gotcha. dealings.
1: Mm-hmm. Chauncey Holt as mentioned before, was the third tramp they believed to have been part of the assassination of JFK. Yeah,
2: let me see Chauncey.
0: Chauncey looks like a tramp.
1: Yes, yeah, so that's you know, classic train.
0: Chauncey, Chauncey is just missing the, the paint and nose to be a circus clown. Ah, uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> His hair is not as ridiculous as I'm making it out to be, but it feels perfectly bozo the clown. <laughs> He's also got that, like, sun-kissed face that, like, yeah. someone who, like,
2: spends a lot of time outside Sure. Has. Mm-hmm.
0: Sure.
1: There isn't much information on Chauncey Holt other than he was born in Kentucky. Oh! <gasps> And Where? <laughs> Where in Kentucky? I know that neighborhood. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's familiar. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't get the city. <laughs> what do you mean? That's all right. You probably pronounced it wrong. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and died of cancer in La Mesa, California at the age of 75. So mm-hmm. why do we mention him? Because they believe Just to confuse him. me?
0: Right. <laughs> just add another name to the rotating wheel no <laughs> why is he relevant i'm seriously asking well he's
2: supposedly the third tramp so we have the tall guy. Okay. We had the heads in the fridge guy, and now we got this guy who's from Kentucky.
0: But that's that's only three. Of this is the fifth person. This in, is the fifth. Yeah. Person okay. Is. So there's five potential guys. Five potential. Who could potentially be these three dudes? Yeah. Gotcha. But
1: it's just these two investigators saying it's these three guys. Gotcha. Um, according to Holt himself, he was one of the three tramps. Oh, so he's like, yeah,
0: I was, I was in there.
1: Right. And that he worked as a CIA operative sent to Dallas to deliver phony Secret Service credentials, but that he had no involvement in the assassination, nor did he have any knowledge of who did.
2: Hmm. That's such a weird mission. Like, (laughs) your
1: mission is to go down and give someone fake credentials, even though you are a CIA (laughs) agent. (laughs) Yeah, just deliver these. Don't worry, they're fake. (laughs) <laughs> yeah don't stress
2: it like for someone else to use.
1: yeah, essentially I guess he was just sent there to be like uh, like tell the secret service to be over in this area or no phony secret service credentials so like here here's some credentials so you can go pretend to be a secret service right yeah, exactly
2: exactly so some, so even if he was even if he wasn't given the information that like okay that guy's gonna go murder. Kennedy or whatever like he still had a hand in it whether or not he like directly knew about it
0: I mean if you believe what he's saying that's the biggest thing for me it's like we don't know anything about this dude except that he's from Kentucky and he died true (laughs) and it's
2: already shady that he's handing off fake credentials to somebody
0: and I mean like people will do a lot for self-importance so like some people might just claim so yeah so who knows right (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: Uh, some people believe that Harrelson and Rogers were the gunmen on the grassy knoll. Oh! And that they were assisted by Holt. Oh! Who was dressed as the babushka lady? <laughs> it was
0: definitely Holt. We got five suspects, so. <laughs> In
1: 1989, the Dallas Police Department released the November 22nd, 1963 arrest records, which named the three men as... Gus W. Abrams, Harold Doyle, and John F. Gretney. So we, we we none of those
0: people. Yeah, we didn't learn any of those people though.
1: Yeah, we didn't learn any of those Do people.
0: Do you have profiles on those or are they just BS? It like was, fake aliases? That's or, what or they're I'm just asking.
1: names as right now. I mean, and it's not like they're gonna have a a like a, a large Wikipedia page because they're you know, tramps just three guys. they're just three guys. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Sure,
0: but I just wondered if, you know, now we we have to learn about three more guys. No, we won't have to learn about (laughs) these guys. Okay.
1: They're just just names that, uh, according to these arrest records, that's what their names were. But do those
2: names, like, exist? Do people who... who...
0: I think Rob's point is that whether they do or not is irrelevant. Because these guys, these names were put out just to dismiss these men. For sure. You know, like... Um, it almost doesn't matter what they put out because it could be anything. Mm-hmm. They could be lying to us. <laughs> this is 26 <laughs> years They were all
2: named John Smith.
0: Right. And while I was just thinking, like, they could have lied to the people who apprehended them. Yeah. Because yeah. they're all that we know is they're transients, they probably didn't have actual identification. That's why I
2: was thinking if they don't actually exist, like those right. people don't have birth records or whatever, then it's probably definitely an alias.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: Well, yeah, like I said, this was 26 years after the fact, so 1989, and according to arrest reports, the three men were taken off a boxcar in the railroad yards right after President Kennedy was shot. They were described as unemployed and just passing through Dallas, then released four days later.
0: So basically, they were just in the wrong place at the wrong
1: time. Right. They're like, we don't know who these guys are. Let's arrest <laughs> let's, let's. These guys seem
0: like they need to be arrested. Yeah,
1: they don't seem like upstanding, clean folk. It
0: seems like that's that's how most law enforcement operates anyway. Right. Mm-hmm. These guys seem like they should be arrested. <laughs> Yo, Jim, Bob, we arrest anyone today?
1: No, I don't think we...
2: These guys look
0: pretty good. <laughs>
1: no, Bob, Jim, I have not. <laughs> <laughs> Jim Bob and Bob Jim,
0: enforcing the law. (laughs) Whose law? Our law. (laughs) Jim Bob and Bob Jim. The name has (laughs) changed slightly.
1: An immediate search by the FBI was conducted. This was in 1989. Less than a month later, the FBI reported that Abrams was dead, And that interviews with Gedney and Doyle revealed no new information. Mm. According to Doyle, the three men spent the night before the assassination at a homeless shelter where they showered and ate before heading back to the rail yard.
2: That's why they look so clean. Right? Mm.
1: It is speculated, however, that the men weren't tramps at all, that they appeared to be too well-dressed and clean-shaven to have been rail riders. First thing I said. Mm-hmm. And some are suspicious why the Dallas police were quick to release the Tramps from custody and that they claimed to have lost the records of their arrests, as well as their mugshots and fingerprints. Oh,
2: that makes it much more of a sketch. Mm-hmm.
1: Right? That's all the information I have on the three Tramps. Mm-hmm. On who they could be, why they exist and all that kind of stuff. I would say
2: they're more scoundrels than tramps at this point.
0: <laughs> I guess I'd need a really good definition on scoundrels. <laughs> <If>
2: they're going <laughs>
0: no, around a
1: ne'er-do-well, a no-good-doer. <laughs> yeah, if
2: they CIA giving homeless people a bad rap. <laughs>
0: you know? I mean, unless they're just like the story that put forth they just happened to be in town, they went ate, got showered up, went and were ready to go back on their way.
1: It is just kind of weird that they're arrested for, you know, no reason. They don't have it's not like they got guns on them or anything like that.
0: That makes me think less so that they would be involved. Why would you arrest your undercover agents? Because the
2: cops aren't in on
0: it. Yeah, the
1: cops aren't in it. Dallas police don't it's, know. It's, a, he it's out I of their jurisdiction.
0: jurisdiction. I see. And yeah. then maybe somebody walks down the hallway and is like, listen, let those guys out of there. Yeah. Right. Listen, Jim Bob. <laughs> what's going what's, on, Bob Jim?
1: <laughs> this is out of our jurisdiction. we got no choice. Uh, yeah, so. Let's...
0: Hey, guys, it's me, Jimmy Bobby.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I didn't interrupt you. I, just, I couldn't let Jimmy Bobby not enter the picture. He's just such a rich, beautiful character. James Robert. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, that's all the information I have on this particular one. It's kind of a, a short one, I guess. Uh, yeah. Well, it's, it's
0: okay, because we have a really nice theory that Hoots has supplied nice. us. Nice. Oh, okay. Uh okay. On the Twitch, she said, uh, I missed several
1: installations of the JFK series. Oh, let me go into them. <laughs> Have you covered the
0: accidental friendly fire theory?
1: I have not. That's going to be number seven. Oh, okay. no okay. shit. <laughs> okay, well. It's a small blur, but I do like it. Well, we'll wait for them then. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like that theory, though. No? Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely up there. They did a documentary about oh, I'll get to it. In yeah, yeah, time. for sure. But, but um, anyway. Yeah, this way. had its own mystery because they are three completely unknown people who were arrested. No, not there wasn't like the Dallas police were going around arresting every single person they saw, you know, in the uh, Dallas Mall or whatever at the time. So they only arrested these three guys, Lee Harvey Oswald, the end.
0: Is there any chance, and stick with me on this one, that it's Chevy Chase, (laughs) Steve Martin, and Martin Short. (laughs) <laughs> the, the three of me. <laughs> I mean, what are the odds?
1: <laughs> <laughs> when they saw the cops, they just put their hands on their hips and pelvic thrust. Right. <laughs> you're coming in with us, boys. <laughs> We're to take you downtown. <laughs> oh, uh, well, uh, you're doing the uh, Patreon, right?
0: Yeah, today I have a pretty exciting Patreon. If you liked our first episode, The Hinterkaifeck, Mystery,
1: which you can find on Podbean only. Okay, okay.
0: uh, it's an exclusive to Podbean. Uh, but today on Patreon, we will discuss a mystery that is extremely similar. Uh, it is the Setagaya family murder. Oh. Uh, if you like true crime podcasts, this is definitely one for you, and that will be on our Patreon today. We're recording it for Patreon today, it'll go up Sunday or whatever. Friday. Friday, sure, whatever it is. (laughs) We say it at the end of every single episode. Please check out our Patreon page uh, right now for a limited time only. It is Name Your Own Price, so you can get on there and choose what you give to us each month, which is going directly back to our production efforts. We're going to be making some sketches here to promote the podcast and just entertain y'all and... Yeah, that's where that money goes. So win a bowl
1: sorry. of spaghetti. Yeah. On stage. <laughs> <laughs> wow, the three tramps are really
0: engaged tonight. I can feel their energy, you know? Oh, my God, is he going for a meatball? Wow. I love that they just lock
1: eyes the whole time. God, I wish that could be just the sketch that we do live on stage. <laughs> <laughs> just a one big bowl of spaghetti. We're all just eating it. That would no be,
0: context. We would, we would have to get one hell of a following <laughs> to be able to mount a production of us just eating spaghetti and nothing else. And it wouldn't be able to just be one bowl of spaghetti. We'd have to put on an hour and a half show. We God. Eating spaghetti until we're Ugh. so sick of
1: spaghetti. Ugh. I think I know the next promotional video we're gonna show. No. <laughs>
0: Three amigos on spaghetti. Uh. Why did I ever match spaghetti?
1: Night begins to descend on you. You think to stop for camp, but a light in the distance draws you forward like a moth to the flame. Mm. The path you are on has become more well trodden and the lights from shops in the distance are akin to an all-are-welcome sign. Mm-hmm. You arrive at the first shop, and though the lights are on and the doors are open, there is no one around. Ooh, free stuff. <laughs> That's always <laughs> what I <guess. laughs> That's all for this episode of High uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> He
0: did the arms, ladies and gentlemen. He he conducted me. I,
1: it's not my fault <laughs> for starting.
2: I am a witness. I
1: see it with my
0: own eyes.
1: I mean, I did it, and then it was silent. So I was like, "All right, just." He was I'll just getting. He was preparing yeah, yeah. the diaphragm. <laughs> he was taking a long breath in. I didn't know it was coming. I tried to jump in as fast as I could. I'm Robert. I'm Colin. I'm Tristan, <laughs> and you're you the best you you can be hopefully
0: yeah today you are you that is truer than true there's no one in the world that is youer than you peace there you go <laughs> have a great day
1: new episodes every monday Want more High Mystery? Check out our Patreon page, patreon.com backslash for exclusive episodes every Friday. Merchandise can be found at our website at highmystery.com. Stay up to date by following us on Facebook and Instagram at High Mystery for fan art, news, and upcoming events. Thanks for listening.